Good evening, everybody. Good to see you back. We are going to begin a look at the book of Habakkuk. I'm excited about this uh, few lessons that we're going to study from, and we're going to look at the first four verses. And I'm just going to go ahead and say this up front. I'm sure I will get corrected on how to properly pronounce Habakkuk. But as of right now, that's how I'm going to say it. All right? So just it's another time for you to help me out and say, bless his heart. He just don't know how to talk very good. But just it's okay. I'll work through it. There will be some translations that you'll hear differently on how I say it. But as of right now, Habakkuk is what it is. So if I'm going to get with Lim, and he's going to actually give me the proper way to say it. I know he will help me with that. But um, tonight, this is where we're going to be. I really am excited about these uh, next couple lessons because they're going to build on each other. They're going to build in a way that if you'll allow it to, it will bless your life. You know, there's not a lot of information on the prophet Habakkuk, but a couple of the commentators say one thing and and, and the other, and I didn't want to really get into a lot of that because all it is is speculation. Some say that he was a contemporary to Jeremiah. Others say that he was around the time of Josiah in about 609 B.C., But here's what we do know. Here's what makes this book so unique. Is that he's not necessarily preaching the oracles of God to the people. No, he's carrying on a conversation between him and God. And what a powerful thought that is. Here was Habakkuk spending time talking to God. And that is exactly What I want to talk about are struggles in life, and when we struggle, where do we go? Let's look at the first uh, four verses. It says, The burden which the prophet Habakkuk saw, O Lord, how long shall I cry, and you will not hear? Even cry out to you violence, and you will not save. Why do you show me iniquity? And cause me to see trouble, for plundering and violence are before me. There is strife and contention arises. Therefore the law is powerless, and the justice never goes forth. For the wicked surround the righteous, therefore perverse judgment proceeds." Tonight I want to look at this book and I want us to understand what the word Habakkuk means. It means to embrace. It means to give a hug. Boy, I already like him a lot better uh, knowing what his name means. I can't wait to give him a hug. How about that? One day we'll be able to hug and have a good time together. What do you think? In heaven one day? Don't y'all want to go to that place? Isn't that on your mind? Isn't understanding and knowing that we serve a God who has a place prepared for us. 
I was just talking about it downstairs, and Jesus referring in the Old Testament says that I am the God of Abraham, and I am the God of Jacob, and I am the God of Isaac. I am the God. I'm not, I'm not, I wasn't the God, but I am now. What an awesome thing to think about. What we'll see, though, in this prophecy is, in a sense, he is giving a hug to his people. He is giving comfort to his people to know and see the true view of who God, Yahweh, really is. Now, think about this as we begin. Uh, Habakkuk gives two questions. The first one is, how long? He says in verse 2, O Lord, How long shall I cry, and you will not hear? Even cry out to you violence, and you will not save. Have you ever thought that in your life? Maybe not necessarily in the same situation of Habakkuk, but have you ever been involved in a situation in your life, and you're just not sure what's going on and why it's happening? Have you ever said in your prayer time, How long, Lord? How long? I've been pushing through this for a long time. This seems to not be going away. How long, Lord? I even cry out to you, and still nothing happens. And the second thing that he says is why. Look at verse 3. He says, why do you show me iniquity and cause me to see trouble? When we think about our world and we think about the prosperity of the wicked, if we aren't careful, we can get real frustrated with that, can't we? We can get real frustrated to see how do these wicked people prosper so much? How do they get away with this? How do they get away with that? What is going on, Lord? Why are you allowing this to happen? He says, why do you see Make me see iniquity. Why do you allow me to see this? There's a problem, Lord. And I'm trying to get an answer, and I don't understand why, but you're allowing me to see this trouble. I even cry out to you, Lord, there's violence. Things are happening to righteous people, and I don't hear you. How long, Lord? How long will it be before you hear me? Habakkuk seems to be praying for his people and for them to live righteously. But it seems as though nothing is happening. Have you ever been there, brethren? Have you ever prayed for somebody? Maybe you are right now, and it just seems like nothing is changing. Lord, I'm praying this prayer. I'm asking for this situation, and nothing's happening. Nothing's going like I need it to. Lord, what's up with that? How come I pray to you? How come I ask you this and all of a sudden I see nothing? I want something to happen. I'm frustrated. I'm confused. But nothing is happening. Remember, though, he's praying about God's people. He's not just praying about some random nation. No, he's praying to God's people. He's praying about the struggle that they're in. Now, we know the problem 
of the Israelites. We understand the struggles that they went through, the things that they put before God, right? But think about what he says. He says, all I see is destruction. All I see is violence. All I see is strife and contentions. There's no justice. The law is powerless. Everything is perverted. What's up, Lord? Where are you at? Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever been in that mind state? What a discouraging place to be, isn't it? What a discouraging place to be asking for things and it just seems like they're not being answered. It just seems like nothing is moving like you need it to move. Here was Habakkuk seeing these things take place. And what a sad situation he finds himself in. You know, but he wasn't the only one to think this way. In Revelation chapter 6, verses 9 and 10, you remember when he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God. And for the testimony which they held. And you remember what they cry out? How long? O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth. In Psalm chapter 13, verses 1 and 2, the the Bible says, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long will my enemy be exalted over me? Brethren, have you ever been there? Just be real about it. Have you ever had this mindset? How long? Shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? Every day I wake up with sorrow in my heart. How long, Lord? How long? How long? How long will everybody else prosper and I get nothing? We also see it from an angel. In Zechariah chapter 1, verse 12, this is a very interesting Verse, then the angel of the Lord answered and said, O Lord of hosts, how long will you not have mercy on Jerusalem and the cities of Judah against which you were angry these 70 years? What we see from these questions is that true faith, and this is a big word for me, this is a, and I'm excited to bust it out on y'all. But what we see from these questions is that true faith sometimes involves being perplexed. I didn't know what perplexed mean. I've heard it before, but I looked it up. And you know what it means? It means to be completely baffled. To be very puzzled. Think about your life. Think about the situations that you have before you. Have you ever been involved in a situation that you just didn't quite understand? Have you ever been involved in a situation where you're praying for this situation and it just seems like nothing's happening? 
And you're like, Lord, I don't get it. I don't understand what's happening. I don't know why this is going on. I don't understand what I need to do or how I need to pursue this. Being followers of Jesus doesn't mean we'll never have questions. Am I right about it? Being a follower of Jesus doesn't mean that we'll always understand everything. Am I right about it? See, Job understood this. He says, if I cry out concerning wrong, I'm not heard. (laughs) If I cry aloud, there is no justice. What is up, God? How long, Lord? How long? To Habakkuk, it feels like God is not listening and he's not responding. But what can we get from this? What can we understand from this? And yes, I'm setting this up, absolutely. But think about this. We have to understand that we can be honest with God. Habakkuk shows us that Having an honest relationship with God means that we can know that God can handle our emotions. It's okay to ask God what's going on and why. And I don't understand this. But what Habakkuk does not do and what happens so many times in our lives, and you guys know this to be true, is that when we don't understand, if we don't get the answer when we need it, what do we do? We immediately turn on God. (laughs) I thought you loved me. I thought you cared for me. I thought you was going to be there through thick and thin with me. Where you at, God? I'm crying out to you. I'm asking you for something, and you just don't answer. You know, I talked to Aaron uh, the other night about this situation that we had years ago. And I mean, every time it would come up, it would absolutely make my stomach hurt. It would bother me. It would bother my whole family. But you know what? I don't have that problem anymore. It took a long time for that situation to settle out. It took a long time for that situation to be what it needed to be. But in the moment, it seemed like it never was going to end. Ever been there? Think about your life for a minute. Think about the things that you've come through. You want to know what helps strengthen our faith? Is knowing that we don't have the answers in the moment. But we do know this. We will get through it we will and we'll be able to look back and say man look at the mistakes I made along the way look at the things that I could have done better look at the things that I can improve on moving forward Habakkuk despite his frustration despite his uh, not understanding of what God is going to do he does not turn from him That's encouraging to know that we can be honest with God. So often we know that 
when these crushing trials come upon us, that we turn away and forget the one who really is there for us. In these moments, we need to do as the scriptures say. You remember, draw near to me. And what does it say? I'll draw near to you. Do we tell them about our pains and how we are struggling to understand? I want us to turn for a minute. Keep your uh, fingers here, but I want you to turn to Psalm chapter 38. I want you to be encouraged by this. Psalm 38. Look at what David does. On the top of mine, it says, prayer in time of chastening. It says, a psalm of David to, br- to bring remembrance. I want you to just listen to what David says. Oh, Lord, do not rebuke me in your wrath, nor chasten me in your hot displeasure. For your arrows pierce me deeply, and your hand presses me down. Think about who he's talking to. <laughs> he's talking to the Almighty There is no soundness in my flesh because of your anger. I know you're upset with me, Lord. I know that I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. There's no soundness in my flesh. You want to talk about somebody being real, David is being real to God. There's no soundness in my flesh because of your anger, nor any health in my bones because of my sin. For my iniquities have gone over my head like a heavy burden. They are too heavy for me. My wounds are foul and festering because of my foolishness. I am troubled. I am bowed down greatly. I go mourning all the day long. For my loins are full of inflammation and there is no soundness in my flesh. He is pouring his actual heart out on God. Lord, I got inflammation. (laughs) I'm struggling. My wounds are foul and they're festering. He says, for my loins are full of inflammation and there is no soundness in my flesh. I am feeble and severely broken. I groan because of the turmoil of my heart. Lord, all my desire is before you, and my sign is not hidden from you. My heart pants. My strength fails me. As for the light of my eyes, it also has gone from me. What is happening to David in this moment? He's struggling. He's ashamed. He says, my heart pants, my strength fails me. As for the light of my eyes, it also has gone from me. How real are we when we pray, brethren? Do we just come with the, Lord, thank you for the day, and thank you for everything that you've done for me, and just let me have a good day? Or do we get serious about our life? Do we get serious about the struggles that we're going through? Do we get serious about what's going on in our life? Look at verse 11. My loved ones and my friends stand aloof from my plague, and my relatives stand afar off. Those also who seek my life lay snares for me. Those who seek my hurt speak 
of destruction and planned deception all the day long. I'm struggling, Lord. I don't understand what's happening. I don't know why this is going on. Lord, I want you to hear me. How long? How long? But I, like a deaf man, do not hear. And I am like a mute who does not open his mouth. Thus I am like a man who does not hear and in whose mouth is no response. Verse 15, for in you, O Lord, I hope you will hear. O Lord, my God. I hope you'll hear me. I don't know about you. Maybe you never have had a struggle in your life. Maybe you're young and you're too young to have a struggle or or a temptation or a trial. Let me tell you, you're going to face it. And it's going to be hard. And it's going to hurt. And you're going to have pain. And you're going to have a struggle. But here's what I want to tell you. Here's what I want you to know, young one. God is there for you. Here's David struggling. He says, I hope you hear me, Lord. Verse 16, he says, For I said, hear me, lest they rejoice over me. Lest when my foot slips, they exalt themselves against me. For I'm ready to fall and my sorrow is continually before me. You're talking about a man who's broke. You're talking about a man who is struggling. But where does he go? He takes it to the Lord. So many times in our lives, and brethren, we know so many people who do it, they turn their back on God. Let us not be that way. Let us not be that kind of people. Verse 18, he says, For I will declare my iniquity. I will be in anguish over my sin. But my enemies are vigorous, and they are strong. And those who hate me wrongfully have multiplied. Those also who render evil for good, they are my adversaries. Because I follow what is good. And look at what he finishes this psalm with. Do not forsake me, O Lord. O my God. Be not far from me. Make haste to help me, O Lord, my salvation. Honesty with the Lord is so important in developing a strong faith. Amen? Honesty with the Lord lets Him know that you really believe in Him. That you really consider Him. In trying to help you fix those things in life. You know, one of the things that we uh, probably, I don't know, maybe you don't struggle with this. Maybe your prayer life is where it needs to be at. But so many times, and I always love to pray, and I pray a lot, and I pray with the brethren. But I do this a lot on occasions. I pray for somebody else, but then when I have a struggle, when I have something that's hurting me, what do I do? I forget to pray. 
when I'm going through a tough situation, when I'm trying to figure out how I need to handle this, why in the world do I not take it to the Lord first and foremost? Before we talk about this, uh, before we deal with this, why don't we pray that the Lord will be with us And when we finish talking about it, why don't we lift it up to the Lord? Why don't we give it to the Lord one more time? (laughs) He's opened up an avenue for us, hasn't he? Oh, the, the great I am. Jesus has opened up an avenue for us to go to the Father, to the throne of grace and ask for things so that we can receive grace and mercy in our time of need, glory, Hallelujah. We will not grow, brethren, if we are not honest with the Lord. Does he know what we're going through? Absolutely. Does he know the struggles that we have in front of us? Yes. But you know what makes him so pleasing? And parents, you guys know this. You know this oh so well. When your kid comes to you and says, hey, can you help me? I got a problem. Can you help me with it? (laughs) How's that feel? Oh, the joy that the Lord has when we come to him. There are things that are going to happen in our lives that we don't understand. That we have no idea why it has happened. I think about people who are sick. I don't know why that happens. Do you? I don't know why those things go on somebody and don't come on me or hits over here and doesn't hit over. I don't know why that happens. But at those times, in those moments, that's when drawing near to God becomes so important in our lives. See, we can play Christian all we want. We can act like we're a Christian all we want. But until we make the application, we don't see the blessing. See, We can play it all day long. We can check the box all we want. But when we actually apply it, here's Habakkuk struggling. He says the law is pointless. Look at how these people are acting. Look at what's happening around me. I want to know why, Lord. What's up? See, that brings us to the last point. You know what Habakkuk knew? (laughs) Habakkuk knew that God could do something. And he didn't understand why he wasn't. You know the the thought that everything happens for a reason, right? Well, everything happens for a reason, so it just is what it is. Now, that wasn't Habakkuk's thought. His viewpoint is, 
that there's no reason for this violence and destruction. Because God can do something about it. Habakkuk had confidence. Oh, this is a great point to think about. Habakkuk had absolute confidence in what God could do. I love the setup of this uh, of these lessons because all we're doing is looking at these first uh, four verses. But as soon as we get past these first four, God's about to speak. <laughs> We're about to see the Almighty speak. We're about to know what's about to happen and why it happens and what he's doing. But his viewpoint is that there is no reason for these struggles because I know God can take care of it. His answer even in this period of doubt is God can do something about it. So I'm going to go to him. He knows that God is all-knowing. He knows that God is all-powerful. And as we talked about this morning, we know that he cares. And he has proved that through the cross. How about that, brethren? What a blessing we have on this side of the cross. Habakkuk didn't know nothing about Jesus. But we do. Just talked about it in a study downstairs with some little kids. That Jesus came full of grace and truth. Man, that's the guy we serve. That's the guy who saved us. It's the reminder to us that God does love us a whole lot. Even through these tough times. And that's when we need to hold fast to him is in those moments. God is not trying to destroy us. God is not trying to punish us. God is not shooting lightning bolts from heaven down and striking us because I probably would have been gone a whole long time ago. I didn't say that right. A whole, uh, a, a really long time ago. He's not trying to pay us back for all our errors. We must remember this as we close. That Jesus should prove to us how much the Lord loves us. I cannot wait till next week. (laughs) I mean, I'm chomping at the bit. Let's just get into it. Y'all know. I know y'all ready to go. But just remember this, that Jesus should prove to us how much he loves us. Sometimes life doesn't make sense. God has not promised us that he will give us all the answers. But we know that despite all of the things life unfolds, we have a God who is watching and cares for us. Paul says it the best. Yet in all these things, we're more than conquerors. Through him who loved us. Paul got it, didn't he? Paul got it because he says, I am persuaded. You got me. That death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us 
from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Brethren, go out with that thought this week. I cannot wait for these lessons to unfold because they are going to be such a blessing to your life. How long, O Lord? How long? Maybe you're here today and you're struggling. Maybe you're here today and you need prayers. Maybe you're here today and you need to become a Christian. Today is the day that you can do it. Have all your sins washed away. Be added to his family. To be found right in his eyes. To become his child. Man, what a great feeling to know that you belong to the greatest kingdom ever. That'll never end. That'll never fade away. You do it by obedience to the gospel. Believing who Jesus is. Repenting of your sins. Turning from the way that you're living and turning towards him. Saying, I'm going to live for you, Lord. I'm going to do whatever you tell me to do. You do it by confessing in front of men that you ain't ashamed and you believe that Jesus is the Son of God. You do it by being baptized in water. Magical water? No. Obedient water. Jesus said do it, and that's what you do. Because what it does is it washes away your sins. You go in dead, you come out alive. Brand new. The new car scent. Y'all like that new car scent. Smells good, don't it? You can be added to the family right now as we stand and as we sing.